0: Good morning and welcome to this worship service. It is wonderful to have each of you here. I invite you to stand and join me in the call to worship, which is printed in your bulletin. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God. sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King over all the earth. Sing to Him a psalm of praise. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. Almighty God, we sense your presence in this place. Speak to our hearts and minds during this time together. Infuse us with your spirit and pour into our hearts your love so that wherever we go and whatever we do, we will serve, honor, and praise you. This we pray in your name. Amen.
1: way to begin our service and we're so glad that you are here. I invite you to take a moment to share a word of peace, of grace, greeting to those who are here in worship this morning. We welcome you to uh, this worship service today on this weekend when we especially focus our attention uh, outside of ourselves as we think about the world on this Missions Convention weekend. Uh, It was exciting. Yesterday we had about 30 people who were here uh, working on the Priscilla Project for Jericho Road Ministries and... uh, Uh, making things collecting things uh to uh, help with the refugees there we also had i think 22 people who went to buffalo yesterday a very intergenerational group of people to go up and work for uh, a number of hours on some projects there and that was exciting to see as well and uh, it is great to to see our involvement we're going to be hearing more a little bit later about uh what is happening in buffalo we are pleased to have chuck massey here with us this morning and spent uh over 38 years, or about 38 years, as a, as a professor at Houghton College in a variety of capacities. He is now the uh, director of office, the Office for Urban Connections and Wesley Service Corps uh, Ministry in, for the college in uh, Buffalo. And uh, he has uh, been very involved in what's happening there among... Churches in a variety of settings and uh, we are excited to have him here to share uh, about what is going on there and how, how we might be more and more involved in the ministry to the people in the city of Buffalo. This is also the day when we are collecting Uh, at least beginning to collect our faith promise cards. And if you uh, do not have one of these, we have some more in the back. Just raise your hand when the ushers will get one to you. And uh, these are cards that uh, this is something we've been doing for the last few years. Uh, It's asking God to um, stretch our faith. Think about how we might be able to give above and beyond uh, what we normally give to the kingdom. And uh, this is an act of faith. Um, I just had—we've had a number of stories of people through the years uh, who have uh, shared how God supplied. This week, someone was telling me that even before they wrote down on the card what they felt God was leading them to give, they had this idea in their mind. But even before they wrote it down, they got an unexpected check in the mail that covered it. And uh, so, God—it was already at work even in before the um, the actual writing of it down. And so we want to encourage you to use this as an opportunity for God to stretch your faith and to stretch our faith uh, corporately and collectively. So if you are ready to to turn that in today, you can drop it in the offering plate. Just tear it in half and drop in part of it in the plate. And you see on the back of the card where this money is going. And this is above and beyond what we have uh, for missions in our budget. This is uh, taking us beyond that to help out with some other needs as well. And uh, we are excited about what God is doing uh, through uh, our faith promise giving through missions and we pray that today will be a catalyst for us to continue to think more and more about God and his work in the world Please join me in the prayer of confession that is printed in your bulletin. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the way of peace. Come into the brokenness of our lives and our land with your healing love. Help us to be willing to bow before you in true repentance and to bow to one another in real forgiveness. By the fire of your Holy Spirit, melt our hard hearts and consume the pride and prejudice which separate us. Fill us, O Lord, with your perfect love, which casts out our fear, and bind us together in that unity which you share with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: The Old Testament scripture reading for this morning is Psalm 146, verses 5 through 10. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. As the ushers come forward to assist us in the giving of our offerings, please stand for the doxology. Our Father, we thank you that you are so generous to us. All that we have is a gift from you. Help us to serve one another so that we may reflect your spirit and goodness. Amen. You may be seated.
2: O oh church, arise and put your armor on, hear the call of Christ our captain, for now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given, with shields. Our call to war, to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor, and with the sword that makes. cross, where love and mercy
3: meet,
2: as the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes lie crushed beneath his feet, for the conqueror is risen. So Spirit, come, put strength in every stride, give grace for every hurdle, that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful. hunger for the day, when with Christ we stand in glory.
1: As we spend time in prayer together, if you would like to use the altar rail as your place of prayer, please come and join me. Father, we come today giving you thanks for all of your blessings. Some of them are, are large and general and fill the whole earth. Others are very specific to our lives. But whichever the case, we have so much for which to give you thanks. Thanks. Father, we also know that even in the midst of our gratitude, there are burdens and struggles that we face in this fallen, broken world. We pray this morning for those who are feeling a sense of grief today. We pray for Isabel Alexander's family. We pray for Brian Mastin and his family at the death of his brother this week. And for others who are on our hearts and minds, we pray for your comforting presence in each of their lives. Father, we pray for those who are struggling with pain and illness, disease. We think especially of Donna Hess and John Beardsley. We pray for Bev Retz and Edna Howard, for Linda Roth and Micah Christensen, for Bonnie Szymanski, for Crystal Blake and Bill Roski and Emily Crickler, and for others for which we feel burdened today. We pray for your healing grace in each of them. We pray, Father, for our relationships the struggles that we face in dealing with one another. We ask for your healing power. We pray for those moments when we feel are overwhelmed by fear and ask that you would give us courage. Father, we pray not only for ourselves but for this world. We pray for the nations of this world, some large, some small, Some with great influence, some hardly noticed. Some that are prosperous, some that are ravished by disease and famine and drought. Some that exist in relative peace. Some that seem to know virtually nothing but war. We pray for the church in this nation in the nations of the world and ask that you would help your people to be beacons of light and hope in the midst of darkness and despair. And Father, we pray today, especially for the city of Buffalo. We know that there is great need. We also see a reason for hope. We pray for those who have felt the call to Buffalo and are investing themselves. And we ask that you would give them encouragement and strength and that we might be the source of some of that. We pray that you would continue to burden us individually and collectively for the city. That we might be one of the channels through which your Holy Spirit Brings great revival in the city. Thank you for hearing our prayers, as you always do. We offer our prayer in the name and through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, our crucified, risen, returning King, the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father,
0: Our New Testament scripture reading is Matthew twenty-five, thirty-one through 46. Following the tradition of the church, please stand for the reading of the gospel. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in a prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Oh
4: It's a privilege to be with you this morning. I, in many ways, feel like I've come home. I, as I understand it, my task this morning is to, uh, to share a bit about Buffalo. And in the process, to talk about God's call to the city what I see God doing in the city and how I might envision Houghton Wesleyan Church corporately and individually becoming involved in Buffalo. Now some of you are old enough to have been here when my wife and I arrived in Houghton back in the fall of 1976. It was a year, the winter was colder than this winter. And for Southerners to come and stay, they must have found the place uh, uh, to their liking. A part of the attraction in coming to Houghton College was the location here of this campus, Clayton and I were country folk, and this was comfortable, at least after the first two or three Sundays, and I finally figured out what Dr. Finney was doing on the last verse of every hymn. <laughs> it was the older folk who laughed. I could never have imagined then that I would end up living a good part of my life in the city of Buffalo, where Clayton and I have been for the last 25 years. But even more remarkable, that we could have fallen in love with the city. And now, as we approach retirement, have chosen to make it our retirement home. I'm thankful that God was very patient with us and led us gently and gradually from here to West Seneca and then into the city. He gave us lots of time to make contacts, to engage, to become um, almost comfortable before making the plunge but I'm also thankful that he's given us the opportunity to become a part of that city and the life of that city. Now, there are lots of ways that I see God at work in Buffalo. I see A variety of compassion ministries that have developed in recent years, many of them um, led by folk who have connections here, graduates who have come to the city, alums who have put down roots in the city. At places like Jericho Road that I know many of you are familiar with and over the last week or two some of you have become acquainted with even today in Sunday School. There are a variety of ways that I see Christians making an impact in Buffalo. One of the things that I'm intrigued with is the way that some folk have stepped up to to help improve the the image of our city some of you are aware that Buffalo um, hasn't had the the most sterling reputation Um, when I arrived here all those years ago um, folks suggested if you were going to the city go to Rochester Um, And there were some reasons for those suggestions. But one of the fascinating things to me is how some of the problems of our city have resulted from the image and an image that the folk living there bought into heavily. In the last few years, some of the efforts at improving that image and helping us begin to understand the rich history and heritage, the tremendous architecture, and uh, the park system and so many wonderful things about the city that we have to enjoy. Some of the folk who have been helping us understand that are folk who have come from outside. One person in particular is a, a videographer John Paget, who uh, created a video last that was uh, premiered last fall, titled "Buffalo: The Best-Designed City in the World," picks up on a quote from Frederick Law Olmsted years and years ago when he was helping to design the the park system. Paget is a, is a young Christian from the West Coast who happened to come to Buffalo and. It became his home, and he began to see all of these wonderful things that folk who had lived there for a lifetime often missed, and he began to capture that and put it in a film. And I would challenge you, if you've not seen it, to Google the best-designed city in the world and watch the 12-minute video. You'll see Buffalo in a way you've never seen it before, I'm quite sure. There's another project that's helping folk began to understand and appreciate the the rich history of Buffalo and what it means for the city today as revitalization is is occurring and as it moves forward. And it's the work of a group called uh, Friends of the Buffalo Story. Cameron Earhart, who many of you know, um, has since moving to Buffalo... Uh, engaged with this project. It's a relatively new project. But um, I suspect it's going to have a presence at Canal Side on the newly developing waterfront in Buffalo. And I encourage you to uh, um, to visit Buffalo and check this out over the next couple years that, as it develops. But here again is a, uh, a Christian who is using... The unique skills and training that he has received as a historian to help with a with an important project in the life of the of the city of Buffalo. And then I see so many ways that Compassion Ministries um, are are developing in the city. And one that I'm intrigued with and look forward to uh, to seeing the, the formal launch probably in late spring or early summer, is what is called the Big Big Table Cafe. And this is a project of Lafayette Presbyterian Church. Lafayette is, a, is an old historic church in the city that once had a huge congregation and a large endowment and a fine, fine facility. And uh, now it still has a wonderful facility and a very small congregation, and a dwindling endowment. And they've had to adjust, and a part of the adjust adjustment is to take some of the facility to turn it into housing that will provide income to help maintain ministries for a much smaller congregation. But in the the space that's being retained for ministry, they are keeping a space that used to, to house... Um, uh, a soup kitchen. And soup kitchens are available a few places around the city, and they typically are places for poor folk to go to have physical needs met, to get a meal. But they are also places that we push them off to the side. And what they're trying to do at the Big Big Table Cafe is to create a place where folk can come for breakfast or lunch that will draw people from all social classes to enjoy food but where those who can can pay and those who don't have money can come and eat and if they would like to contribute there will be opportunities to assist there's work to be done there's food to be prepared There are lots of ways of contributing, but where the poor will be enjoying a meal with others and uh, where there won't be uh, the stigma that sometimes is attached to the the soup kitchen. This is an exciting project to see developing, and I'm pleased to say there are a number of, of recent Houghton graduates who Uh, Attend Lafayette Presbyterian and are engaged with the ministries there including this effort to get this cafe up and running it's on Elmwood a part of the Elmwood Strip and those of you who know anything about Buffalo this is an area that's come back in dramatic fashion in the last 20 years and it's kind of uh, the place to be but there are also people with great need who are there They're the folk who uh, are the outpatients at the Buffalo Psychiatric Center. And they're homeless folk who are also on Elmwood. Um, And this church is attempting to bring classes together um, in ways that we don't see often. Many of you are aware of the work of Jericho Road, the work of started by by Myron Glick, a Houghton College graduate, um, that that, uh, serves a range of needs, including the medical needs of a significant part of the, particularly the west side, but increasingly now uh, ministry is expanding on the east side of Buffalo also. And uh, a very large percentage of the refugee population Uh, Received medical services and a range of other services through the work of Jericho Road. And it's nice to see Stephanie Smith here. Some of you heard her during the Sunday school time talking about the, the, the ministries there. Buffalo has become a unique place in recent years because of its willingness to welcome the stranger, the alien, the refugee. Most people are not aware that a larger percentage of refugees are settled in Buffalo than in New York City. Um, the, approximately 30% of all of the refugees settled in New York State in recent years are in Buffalo, were settled in Buffalo. The vast majority live on the west side in Buffalo today. This is a tremendous challenge and a wonderful opportunity. The city of Buffalo lost nearly half, or actually lost a little over half, of its total population between the late 50s and um, 2010. The good news is that the rate of decline has slowed dramatically. Some argue that in the last couple years it actually has stabilized we will be a much smaller city, but I think with the opportunity to once again be um, uh, a vibrant uh, city. And much of this shift has been a result of the arrival of refugees from all over the world. And it's changed the face of the city in some dramatic ways. One of the things that I see one of the exciting changes is the um, cooperation between agencies and organizations that are serving in the city. Many are faith-based, some secular, but there's a level of cooperation today that was not apparent not very many years ago. I can remember all the way back in 2007 when... HOPE Refugee Services, which is now part of Jericho Road, was first forming to address some unmet needs of refugees, that there was tremendous opposition from the four um, agencies uh, that, that were involved with resettlement, Catholic Charities, Journeys Inn, um, uh, Jewish Family Services, and International Institute. The wonderful thing that today, there's, there's significant cooperation that occurs among those four and Jericho Road. And there's even an organization, um, the Western New York Refugee and Asylum Consortium that is made up of the four resettlement agencies and Jericho Road. And uh, there's a great deal of collaboration, cooperation that's happening today that was not present not very many years ago. But I also see this in, in other ways. There's um, um, an organization like West Side Ministries that recently it's um, increased significantly its work with um, facilities management. There are a number of, of uh, organizations, many of them faith-based that have facilities that are necessary for their programs but do not have the kind of staff and resources to adequately manage those facilities. Westside Ministries is making this a unique part of their ministry. So they are now uh, managing the facilities of Jericho Road. They manage the facility at 175 Potomac Grace Community where there are four congregations uh, worshiping, um, they now are managing the facilities at First Presbyterian Church, where there's the the, the, the work of that congregation um, along, it is also where Houghton College is establishing an as, associate's program, um, there's another church group, um, Elmwood Village Church, um, that uh, uh, is worshiping now in that facility, and Westside Ministries is managing the facility. So this is a, is a wonderful use of uh, um, particular talents that and and a level of cooperation that is encouraging. And then, if you really want to uh, to have reason for hope, I suggest that you come to Buffalo on a Wednesday morning, about eight thirty and go to the, the House of Grace, 175 Potomac. Just drop in. If, uh, if you're fortunate it's a good day, there'll be breakfast. But there will be a group of 10 or 12 or 15 folk who will be meeting for conversation, discussion, um, a time of prayer, Uh, Many of them will be pastors. In the group, you'll probably find a Wesleyan, a vineyard pastor, a couple of assemblies pastors, a Lutheran pastor, a Presbyterian pastor, a Mennonite, a few non-denominational folk. Um, And they meet to have theological discussion with that group. That can be quite lively. Um, But they always get around to some conversation about what they can be doing to encourage, support one another, and what are the things that they can do in cooperating through collaboration with one another that they couldn't accomplish individually. This is tremendously encouraging. Now, for just a, a few minutes, what are the things that folk at Houghton Wesleyan Church could be doing corporately and individually? Well, I think first I would just say, keep doing a lot of what you're doing. I think over the last few weeks, there have been some special connections with folk in Buffalo. There were folk there yesterday in service. You were... were Uh, assisting and learning about the Priscilla Project. I think that's what this is all about right here. Um, This is wonderful. But I think that when I, to try to help you think about how you might connect, um, it's probably good for me to to remember and to remind you that there's value in one-time or occasional service. And for many folk, that's the only opportunity you will have from a distance to reach out to the city. There's also value in short-term commitments. Um, Students who participate in the JET program, the Journeys in Tutoring, and come up um, four or five or six times during the course of a semester to go into homes to tutor. Um, Or students who come up during the summer to participate with the Jumpstart program and serve for 10 weeks in the city. These are wonderful opportunities. And then there are longer-term commitments that are open through Wesley Service Corps. We have a number of graduates who come and spend a year, and some are now choosing to spend a second year, and this year there are at least six or seven who spent two years in service, and then uh, opportunities opened up, and they put down roots in Buffalo. Um, which is fun to see, uh, to see happening, and then there 's probably a need for, for a few folk who come for the long haul. Uh, and one of the reasons I suggest that is that when you engage in the city, particularly with populations who um, who have, have gotten the short end of the stick for a long time, it takes a while to build trust. And in many of those situations, the first 10 years are just tilling the soil and and building relationships that then enable you to begin to effectively minister. But if you have a few folk with the long haul and other folk coming with energy and commitment for the short term, a great deal can be accomplished. The person who helped me connect to the to the west side to the refugee community, which is a uh, something I never could envision well i couldn 't see myself in the city, so I obviously couldn 't see myself with people who spoke other languages and from other cultures um, i'm southern it 's just enough to figure out you know this English you people speak um, and um There was a a Houghton grad, Liz Garifano, who came to Houghton in 2000. I think she transferred in about 2003. was in Andy Goldman's linguistics class in 2004 when he sent the first group up to tutor on Saturdays. It was to be a one-semester project. And it went so well that Liz and six others, seven of the eight in that class, Asked if they could continue on a voluntary basis. And things were worked out and they continued in the spring. Uh, that project is now in its ninth year, still student driven, which is rather amazing in itself. Um, but during the spring of 2005, Liz and her friends became aware that there was no summer program for recently arrived refugee kids. So they worked with Journeys In and through AmeriCorps to, uh, to set up a program and ran it for two years. In the third year, the Buffalo Public Schools caught on and um, started what they call Jump Start, and Liz worked with them to coordinate the program she had helped put together with the Buffalo Public School program. This past summer, there were over 300 recently arrived refugee kids who had a summer program through the, the collaboration of the Buffalo Public Schools, Journeys in AmeriCorps, and Houghton College. Each summer since 2005, there have been a group of approximately 12 recent Houghton, uh, Houghton students or recent grads who have served with this particular Jumpstart program. It's a marvelous work that, that has been carried out. Another project was Jer Clifton's. Jer was a 2007 grad, came to Buffalo primarily in pursuit of Alicia Walmus, I think. But uh, uh, he looked for other things to do, and we helped him attach to AmeriCorps with a challenge of trying to figure out what could be done to improve the quality of life on Breckenridge and a few adjoining streets. And Jer got involved with... Um, some housing efforts uh, to improve the housing stock. One of the things he realized was that having more homeowners improved the quality of life in communities. So he began to do some research, found about uh, a program called Home Buyers Clubs and what they had done in some different cities. He uh, wrote up a proposal, took it to the the Westminster Economic uh, Development Initiative, Weedy at Westminster Presbyterian Church, um, suggested the development of a Homebuyers Club for Buffalo. That was started. It continues in some form uh, today. Uh, there are, are dozens of folk, many of them refugees, who are now homeowners in Buffalo because of the work that Jer started that has been continued uh, there, there in the city there was uh, Anna Mediova. Uh, Anna got involved with the JET program, the Journeys in Tutoring as a freshman, Um, became a leader of that. Um, After graduation, she came to Buffalo through Wesley Service Corps, and she had a particular burden for the refugee women who had no formal education, were being forced into ESL classes that were as uncomfortable as anything in their lives. They had to leave their children, go into a program with men, and where there were some others with some formal education, and they knew nothing of of this life. And they dropped out as quickly as they could and learned practically nothing. And Anna figured there had to be a better way. So she came up with the idea of going into their homes. So she would find a, uh, one of the women who would be willing to invite a few friends. You get four or five around the kitchen table, and you've got a great setting for teaching English. And this program um, was picked up, um, supported by the efforts of uh, by Jericho Road, um, I think there are a dozen or more of these small clusters now that meet, some in homes, some in other, other locations, but none in formal classrooms. And uh, this is a program that's had uh, uh, some significant success so that I know that folk at, at Journeys End have looked carefully at what's being done. And Anna is having opportunity to share her ideas with others who are working to provide um, the, the uh, ESL uh, for the, the adults in the, the refugee population um, there's so many stories that, that I could tell there, there are retirees that some of you would know like Bob and Betty Barnett who are engaged in the, in the city or Bob and Sandy Blake who got involved through Bonnie Macbeth in helping put together the sewing project And that sewing project, it's a moving target. It keeps moving from one organization to another. The one constant are the Blakes who keep moving with it. So it started with Hope, and then Jericho Road ran it for a while, and then Journeys Inn ran it for a while, and now there's a sister at Canisius College that's running it. The Blakes are still engaged, making the drive from down here in Allegheny County up to Buffalo to continue to be a part of this taking some special talents that they have and expending some energy and time in their retirement to be of service. There are so many ways that one can connect. Um, It just takes uh, a little imagination, and if you have any desire and you can't quite figure out how you could connect, I'll be happy to make a trip down and spend some time with you, and and, uh, I think we could find a way to help you engage in the city. Buffalo is an exciting place to be. God is at work, and I am delighted that you are reaching out to, uh, to be a part and to support and, and promote efforts there. Thank you.
1: about what you're doing in Buffalo. We know the needs are great, but it is exciting to hear about the way that um, those needs are being met. We pray that you continue to stir our hearts individually and collectively that uh, we might be a part of your work in this place. Thank you for the privilege of serving others. You have done so much for us. We pray that you will guide us, lead us, give us open hearts. And we ask this through Jesus. Amen. I invite you to stand for the closing hymn number 482.